0: I'd like to actually introduce tonight's moderator, Mr. John Healy. Uh, John Healy is a member of the editorial board of the Los Angeles Times, which means he is one of a nameless, faceless group of writing screeds that, technically speaking, reflect the views of the publisher, whoever that happens to be at the time. His main contributions to the editorial uh, uh, page are pieces about intellectual property, uh, technology, the economy, regulation, and general business issues. He also created a BitPlayer blog in 2006 as a way to write more about the collision of entertainment and technology. Uh, BitPlayer is now a part of the the Times technology blog. You can find it at www.latimes.com forward slash technology. Prior to joining the board, he spent five years as a business reporter at the Times covering the the entertainment technology convergence. Uh, As a result, he spent the bulk of his time writing about lawsuits. Other career stops include stints at the San Jose Mercury News, the Congressional Quarterly, and the uh, Winston-Salem Journal. Uh, Please join me in welcoming Mr. John Healy. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Let me give my standard boilerplate. I am an editorial writer, which means I am permitted to express opinions. Uh, They are my views only, not the views of my employer, and um, do not confuse my views with uh... what the news side does as you all know they do not have opinions Um, (laughs) our guest tonight craig newmark craig alexander newmark is uh, hails from morristown new jersey which I, i just have to point out i love new jersey it's where the first newspaper that i worked for went bankrupt He is an internet entrepreneur, best known as the founder and an active customer service rep of the San Francisco-based group of community websites known as Craigslist, which you can find at craigslist.org. That's appropriate. Uh, Craig developed an email list as a way to share information with his friends in San Francisco. He launched Craigslist as a subscriber-based community in the latter part of 1995 with the first community site for San Francisco as craigslist.org. It's a bit bigger now. Craigslist is a platform where people can help one another with basic needs like housing, finding housing, finding jobs. Uh, The site has a culture of trust with a philosophy of free exchanges of information and self-governance. Those are two very important things that we'll talk a little bit more about because it lots of application beyond Craigslist. Uh, He holds a BS and an MS in computer science from Case Western Reserve University and logged nearly 17 years at IBM before branching out to do programming for Sun Micro and various consulting companies. These days, in addition to doing the aforementioned customer service work for Craigslist, he tests out new technology, watches birds, and consumes copious amounts of science fiction and BBC television series. (laughs) By his own admission, he needs to get out more. (laughs) You can find his blog at cnewmark.com, you can follow his tweets on twitter.com forward slash Craig Newmark. And if you're lucky, you can become his 1,000th friend on Facebook. I think you're at 995 now. Um, tell me, uh, wh- how far flung is Craigslist now? How many, how
2: many places are you in? Right now, we're in about uh, 560 or so, maybe 567 cities, 55 countries, and we're uh, trying to check our numbers. Um, our statistics tool uh, broke, but uh, it's back now, and we think we're getting maybe as many as twenty billion, was it? A B, twenty billion page views per month. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: Jaw Ford. Um, so, how is it that new communities get established? Is this organic, or, or do you say, okay, strategically, we need to be in this part of the world now?
2: Um, what happens is that Jim uh, Buckmaster. He's the guy who really runs things. He'll look at some of the requests we get across the world for a Craigslist in a city. When he's in the mood, he'll uh, look at, uh, oh, Internet usage in those cities. And then when he's in the mood, he'll launch a bunch of uh, city templates, and then we're done. Um, Last time, we uh, added over 100 cities based on, uh, mostly on email feedback, although in my case, based on verbal feedback, I suggested Ramallah.
1: And so, uh, and I take it you have started in Ramallah?
2: Yes. It's not being used a great deal right now, but uh, as Internet usage uh, grows in the West Bank, maybe it will be. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, how long does it take, once you put a template up, about how long does it take for that to get populated to the point where it's really Uh, in use?
2: There's no uh, typical uh, rate. For example, to my surprise, Hawaii and Las Vegas got populated pretty quickly, perhaps because of their growth and lots of people moving between uh, Hawaii, Las Vegas, and other cities. On the other hand, I recall that Toronto and Austin, Texas, took quite a while to get populated. Surprising because both are fairly high-tech.
1: Now, when you started this, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, my my first exposure to Craigslist was when I was at the Mercury News, and trying to find a place to live in the Bay Area, this was uh, when the dot-com boom was starting, was excruciatingly hard, and you had to tap into not public sources uh, like uh, newspaper classifieds but but more private sources and, and so Craigslist was the go to place to find apartment listings. It was a place to find uh, uh, some place to live but but now it, it has gone far beyond the notion of, of transactions and, and commerce. How did it become more of a Gathering place and a communications tool, and less of a of a place for people to
2: shop. Well, from the beginning, uh, we were running things as a platform where other people could give each other a break, basically. And everything on there, almost everything, is based on suggestions, feedback from the community. I mean, now and then we'll think of something smart. Like the original idea from apartments was my idea in the middle of 95 mm-hmm. when you were finding it hard to yeah. find a place. And Jim and I figured, well, uh, oh, single parents often don't get a break, but maybe we can help them get babysitters and not just of interest to single parents. But for the most part, everything is uh, based on suggestions from the community. The people who use the site participate in running the site. We keep listening and trying to do what's doable, what makes sense, and uh, we just keep plugging away along uh, along those lines even to this day. Again, what's on our site is community driven. Uh, For me, just speaking personally, I have no vision, but I uh, do have some limited ability to listen, and then we can figure out what makes sense and do something about that. For example, in 99, before Jim came on board, uh, I asked our community, what's the right way to pay the bills and do a little better. People told us to charge people who already pay too much for less effective ads, and the consensus was strongest about charging for real estate listings and jobs.
1: Now, that sound that you just heard was the death knell for my line of work, but go ahead.
2: (laughs) Well, there's an urban myth about the magnitude of the effect we've had on papers, uh, I speak to industry publishers, editors, industry analysts, and you know we have had an effect, but there's also a, lo- a loss of advertising from display ads, mm. something we don't do. So the idea, though, is that the, a good, vigorous press is necessary um, for a democracy to survive. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm getting uh, I'm getting old. And yeah, I feel like I'm entering my dotage. But uh, the deal is that a a free country needs a press asking difficult questions. For example, a a good press corps will ask questions and prevent us from getting, say, into a vanity war. Uh,
1: you think? Well, but you make an interesting point. Let's just diverge a little bit into into media, because. When I think about the problems that we have as an industry, newspapers online, it's our platform isn't delivering value to the folk who pay for our our lunches, the the advertisers. And we haven't solved the the very um, difficult problem of delivering a better product than the search guys do, particularly since our world tends to be less about brands. Unless you have a national platform, you can't really attract the brand advertisers. We've got local platforms, so we're looking for local advertisers who are generally interested in transactions. Now, some of these local advertisers are very well served by your platform because they're looking to do one-to-one sort of exchanges. Others are really well served by Google because they're looking to do one-to-many exchanges. They're selling carpets, for example, and when you are uh, trying to sell a carpet, and you're looking for people who are looking to buy carpets, somebody who is searching for carpets Los Angeles, that's a pretty good indication of what they're interested in. If they're reading a story about the Lakers, you don't know necessarily if they want to buy a carpet. Your, your platform in, in enabling people to connect individually uh, m- makes a lot of sense locally. Is there a way that it becomes ever a place to extend that in larger regions? Somebody who doesn't just want to sell a toaster. Okay.
2: Well, that's, our site is based on the local because we all live, you know, and uh, work in a community in a neighborhood or something like that. And so our focus is on the local. However, there are categories on our site where sometimes you... Uh, want to broaden the idea of what's local, mm-hmm. to that end, we're slowly introducing a search beyond one's local neighborhood or area or city. But in very small ways, there are other sites which might do a good job with transactions that might cross the country. We're trying to focus on the, uh, the smaller, the more intimate, and that's, what, uh, that's kind of what we need in our lives, mm. to connect with others around us, not only for commerce, uh, but for socializing. Uh, That leads to, uh, well, one way I characterize our site is that it's kind of like an online flea market. Again, uh, uh, as much about uh, socializing as about commerce. Of course, that's also true of a shopping mall or the uh, Roman forum or the Greek agora. We have a need to uh, connect with people as well as do business.
1: It also seems to be like a a local megaphone because when I uh, flip through things like Best of Craigslist, I find lots of, I would call them rants, they, they tend to be very clever though, they're, and they're people are talking about something in their community that bothers them, and they find your platform to be the place to t- to, to talk
2: about it. Well, our, uh, our site is for everyone. I mean in theory the internet is everyone's printing press, and actually very easy to use blogs that's made that a reality, uh, but our site is for everyone. Uh, there are community standards, there are lines beyond if you, which if you cross them, you'll, your ads may get flagged away. Our site is self-policing because we trust our community. Uh, but what you see on uh, Best Of is the better stuff there. Sometimes those of us in customer service have to develop a thick skin because we will see pretty ugly stuff up there mm. that uh, if somebody tells us about, we feel obliged to remove. Mm-hmm.
1: Now. Self-governing, there's clearly a practical side to that. It means that you don't have to have hundreds of people monitoring every post.
2: Where are the biggest shortcomings? Um, There's a number of shortcomings. Uh, On the positive side, see, we trust our community. People have the expectation of trust while being aware that there are bad guys out there. But because we trust our community overall, if you uh, see an ad on the site... Which, for one reason or other, you think is wrong, you can flag it for removal. If other people agree with you, they vote for its removal by flagging enough flags and it's removed automatically. The voting system, it's a form of democracy. Um, and like anything democratic, like uh, Churchill said, you know, democracy is the best form of uh, government. I'm sorry, democracy is a lousy form of government, but it's just better than anything we've tried and we see the effects of that uh, every day. Does the fact that you are
1: self-governed make you more vulnerable to the parasites online, the, the spammers, the scammers, or is that a, just okay.
2: a universal problem? I think it's somewhat uh, universal and I think it makes us less vulnerable because people in the community can help us out mm. and deal with the stuff. Um, there are problems uh, uh, everywhere at all levels of our culture Again, for example, uh, starting a vanity war uh, under false premises. Um, You know, that's uh, not the same thing as, uh, let's say, a scam scam originating overseas. Although, in large part, it did originate overseas. (laughs) Um, But uh, in practice, you enlist more people to help you out and you create a stronger democracy. Uh, You just need checks and balances you need to balance what's going on what's going on on in the public with a little bit of centralized policing but that's true not only of our kind of governance it's true of uh what we see out of Sacramento or Washington you need a balance the phrase i hear typically is public private partnership and you know uh i think we're seeing more of that coming out of Washington right now you mentioned
1: though that uh talk about self-governance working and making you less vulnerable on some things. The critical part of that, I imagine, is that because people who use Craigslist care about it. They they want to help. So when you think about the national government, we are seeing more opportunities now for the public to participate. How do you get folks to care
2: to take part in that? There's a few parts of that answer we're talking about what some folks call a culture of participation. That is, if you're involved in something, if you have some emotional investment, you're more likely to trust what's going on, you're more likely to participate and actually get something done. We have that because pretty much everything on the site, both in terms of the categories, the cities, and what people, the content people put on the site, that's done uh, with a process of participation. And again, when you get that kind of culture participation, that encourages people to participate more because they're involved in it. We see some of the same in Wikipedia, which mm-hmm. has a, a culture of trust and a culture of participation. And philosophically, and for that matter, technologically, is a lot like us. What they're finding more explicitly is that not many people want to be involved in, let's say, updating articles, making sure they're correct, Around 10%, I hear, maybe a little less. Only 1% of the people involved ever want to write anything, and you know maybe that applies to the running of a country, to politics. Um, you know, most people, including myself, aren't interested in politics. We don't want to be bothered. Me, I, uh, I'm more of a couch potato. I still have some questions about the ending of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> But I am excited that Lost is now full-fledged science fiction with the introduction of a quantum physics. And don't get me started on quantum teleportation or uh, uh, or entanglement. But anyway, <laughs> the deal is that <laughs> that I would rather be a couch potato. I have really no interest in politics, but this is a historic period, I feel, in y- all of human history where a fairly good system of representative democracy is being complemented by networked grassroots democracy. Because we could always be involved in government, but you know, it doesn't scale up to more than hundreds or thousands. Right. With the internet, you get to scale up to the hundreds of thousands, to the millions. And uh, in my uh, fantasy life, over the course of maybe 20 years, maybe 30, it'll be scaling up into the billions.
1: Well, we're going to see tomorrow um, a good example of what the new administration is trying to do in terms of participatory democracy. Why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, about that?
2: Yeah. Well, last night the White House launched uh, oh, basically a system where you get to pose a question to the president, and the idea is that people vote up the better questions, and he's committed to uh, answering it. I blog about it. It's also on whitehouse.gov, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called Open for Question or something very close to that. And it's just the start, recovery.gov, where you get to look at what's happening with the bailout, just the start. But first, in terms of human history, in large scale, this has never happened before. We are actually are living through a period of massive change in governance. And I don't think we realize how big this is quite yet. But this has started. They are off to a pretty good start. But it's going to be slow because there's a lot of inertia to, to be overcome. I mean, every, everyone in Washington, as far as I could tell, is catching the idea that this social media stuff, new media, whatever you like to call it, stuff is happening. And everyone's getting the idea. It's threatening to some. It's being embraced by others. But... Uh, we are living in a period kind of like 1776, uh, and we won't know it until it's maybe in effect maybe 10 years from now. But I'm uh, optimistic about what I've seen. But as you point out, the participation
1: increases as the culture penetrates and that, that notion of, of having the opportunity and actually taking the opportunity. I was looking at some statistics about an hour ago on, on Ask, um, Ask Your Government. Um, the White House uh, question thing, I think there were something like 45,000 people who had submitted questions, which that's a decent number for a couple of days of question-taking. But it's a new medium. And just to put this in context, 32 years ago, Jimmy Carter did a uh, Ask Your President thing where people could call. They had 9 million people try to call in a two-hour period, Yeah. the phone being a very familiar appliance. Yeah
2: the deal is what the net allows us to do is to actively participate not only posing questions but well we get to vote the better questions up and then the uh, worst questions the trolling people just trying to get attention we can vote that down so we get to self-police yes we get to participate on an active ongoing basis and that's different and we see the beginning of tools now which allow people to be heavily involved. And you know, uh, in the future, I might want to vote for someone not coming from the traditional uh, machine, but someone who asks good questions and maybe provides some good answers sometime. And again, that uh, changes everything. Do you worry about the professional
1: political class mastering these tools before the public gets up to
2: speed on them? Um, I don't think I'm worrying about that because the people who get this stuff are, and uh, forgive me, they're the uh, younger folks who've been using uh, Facebook or instant messaging for five to ten years uh, because you and I are uh, probably too a decrepit to really get it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, You're being accurate the, in my case, <laughs> modest in yours. Well, thank you, but you don't know how old I am, or maybe you <laughs> do, but the deal is that There is a uh, generational divide here, which is, again, not particularly good news for me, especially uh, given the way my knee is starting to hurt. But uh, the idea is that if you've grown up using this kind of intimate electronic communications, 2 A stuff, if it's part of your life, it's going to be so in governance. And that's why the majority of the uh, social media, new media people are, uh, let's say, in their 20s or 30s. Again, I find that personally a trifle distressing. But uh, speaking as a nerd, um, at least I'm an early adopter, a so-called digital immigrant, as opposed to a digital native. Uh, I do spend some time letting people know that this kind of stuff is not that hard to use and open for everyone. And I'd like to find more ways to uh, encourage that. But uh, that's not my strength. So what do you think a
1: 21st century transparent government looks like? What are the tools that it makes available to the public? And how does the public uh, deliver its input? What, what role does it play?
2: Well, there's a number of uh, efforts going on for that right now, some in government, some outside of government. Uh, there's some as simple as the TSA blog, you know, the people mm. who check your uh, luggage when you get into an airport. On the other hand, I'm part of something called Sunlight Foundation. Mm. What Sunlight does is funds a network of sites, uh, typically their specialty, where they get some kind of government data online for us to look at. For example, there's readthebill.org, which basically uh, says to people, hey, take a look at this bill, try to find out if there's any surprises. For example, you might look and find a surprise with enough time that says that uh, they're providing money for AIG executives. And uh, The idea is that if we can uh, have enough time to look at what's going on, that can help. On the other hand, too, uh, they're starting to put up election data online, which means we can search that to see who is paying what politicians, and over time we can link it up to databases which show what the the, uh, lobbyists or whatever are getting in return for that money, say in contracts or legislation or other favors this stuff is happening uh now there are some roadblocks for example uh uh we're trying to get a senatorial campaign data fin- campaign finance data online but some uh politicians including uh Mitch McConnell have blocked it
1: now, is this a problem at the uh federal election commission level um where they're simply not they don't have the back
2: end systems to make it easy to get that data uh, that's part of it. There's a complicated set of issues in there which frankly I don't fully understand mm. because I got people who do. Right. And yeah. and the uh the deal is yeah, tangentially the nerd reference. I grew up wearing a plastic pocket protector. I grew up wearing thick black glasses and the whole cliché. You know, so I'm used to doing things. And over the last 10 years I've done more customer service than anything. I'm in over my head but that's okay, I'm now the Forrest Gump of the Internet, and I'm used to it. But again, the data going online and all that, um, the idea is that we have people in Washington who are good at ferreting this out. Mm -hmm. They're good at uh, figuring out also what federal regulations, they may have been well-intended 20 years ago, but now they're a problem. Uh, While I was here on my phone, I saw some news that the General Service Administration is solving some of that, but I didn't have a chance to, un- to read the article, and I uh, <laughs> probably wouldn't read it anyway. Tomorrow, I'll, uh, what I'll do is I'll contact folks like at the Federal Web Managers Council and Sunlight, and I'll ask them for a paragraph, helping me get my head around it, at least. I'll blog that. Speaking of the Federal Web Managers, I, for one, welcome our new nerd content overlords. How nerdy is this administration? Uh, pretty darn nerdy. Um, <laughs> the idea is that um, the wonks are returning to Washington. Mm-hmm. These are the people who know stuff and are serious about policy, and they want to do a good job as opposed to a heck of a job. <laughs> and they're bringing with them a, uh, some contingency of uh, nerds around because, again, we know how to do stuff online and so on. Next month, I'll actually be speaking at two different uh, conferences along those lines, pretty much doing doing nothing more than being a cheerleader. But, uh, and in a month uh, or two months, I think this may have more relevance, but I've actually been at a conference where I've gone to them with a straight face, did this and say, live long and prosper. (laughs) If necessary, I'll put on the Spock ears. Because dignity is optional. One thing that would be, maybe this is the ultimate battle to fight. You know, it's more the older people who got that. That's pretty sad, (laughs) ain't it? I'm sorry.
1: No, I could say something about the Zocalo demographic, but I will not. (laughs) Um, It seems like the the nirvana for for the open government uh, movement today is just getting the data online raw data, so that you can apply whatever tool you wanted to, to start lining up, putting the pieces together. There are lobbyist registrations, There are every bit of information in a bill is public, but being able to go, all right, who was the member
2: who sponsored this line, this okay. line item? And that kind of thing is being talked about, something that that could be, uh, let's say, required of legislation. Mm -hmm. Also, the idea is that if you do put the bill up, wiki style, which means anyone can edit it, you can actually, uh, even if the government doesn't list who entered that uh, earmark or whatever, we can. And now, there will be the same problem we have with Wikipedia. Sometimes people put up uh, disinformation, but the deal is get enough people involved and you will get uh, good stuff. And you know, I've seen, let's say, even some staffers in Washington. A lot of people are excited about this kind of thing. And uh, I don't really have much influence, but a lot of them found their apartments on Craigslist. <laughs> so I can say, uh, hey, uh, you know, let's push for this kind of thing because, you know, the country comes that way ahead. It's actually an act of patriotism. And, in fact, I may, as a call to service, say that maybe everyone who has some time should get smart about one subject and get involved. And only if 1% of the country gets involved, that's a few million people. And, you know, that's more than we need. Mm. But this is what I was worried about
1: earlier when I alluded to the paid political professionals getting up to speed before the general public. If you have folk whose objective is to hide or to dissemble, to deceive. Um, and they be, get very good at the tools because that's their livelihood.
2: Oh, they uh, already are good at the tools, mm. uh, but it's kind of self-defeating because the more you put up there, the more transparent things are, the more the uh, bad guys will suffer from self-inflicted wounds. Mm. Because when you get stuff up there, let's say emails... Uh, at, the, uh, at a government institution like the White House. You get emails up there, visible or not, another uh, name for some of that is uh, evidence. And uh, so the, the idea the use of social media tools is self-defeating for the bad guys. And you know, uh, I've spoken to some who uh, want to emerge from the darkness.
1: Net neutrality. Uh, Net neutrality, I know this is an important issue to you, it was, uh, it attracted a lot of debate a couple years ago, last year. Has it fallen by the wayside in Washington?
2: Um, This is a really hard uh, subject to explain and no one in fact has found a good way to to explain it. I stole an analogy saying that, uh, an analogy from the phone system. Like, it's kind of like, let's suppose you want to call your local uh, neighborhood pizza place. And instead of getting them, you get a message which said, "Well, we'll connect you in 30 seconds. But meanwhile, if you want to talk to to a pizza shack, we'll get to you there right away." So the idea is that net neutrality is about some of the uh, telecom companies want to charge, want to be able to charge uh, companies for the privilege of getting their servers' communication to you faster than normal. So in other words, it's pay for privilege. And, you know, uh, in a competitive capitalist environment, you can make an argument that maybe that's not so bad, except that the way the phone companies, the telecoms, make money is they they lay cables along public rights-of-way. That's our property. They may use the airwaves, also our property. So we would expect of the telecoms that they adhere to American values like fairness, a level playing field, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, so we expect the telecoms to behave. Now, after speaking to people on both sides, they're not that far apart. I am finding, and this is a long story I won't go off on, but there are people who have been paid to promote one side or the other, and what they've done is they've gone and picked fights, which prolongs the argument and prolongs the period during which they're being paid for this.
1: One area where it seems net neutrality remains a live issue is the administration uh, persuaded Congress to include money for broadband rollout, um, pushing more high-speed Internet services to more people around the country. And one element of that, the question is whether those new deployments are going to be neutral wires or not. Uh, Any insights as to how that's playing out?
2: Uh, I don't have a clue, honestly. I'm hoping that I could uh, remain in that exalted state because a lot of the people involved, a lot of my fellow nerds are now uh, headed towards positions of power in this regards, people who know a lot more about it than I do, so I can frankly focus on an area where I either know something about or can feel some emotional connection where I can actually make a contribution. Again, uh, my uh, point of distress is that my, again, my background is programming engineering, so I like to do things, but they tell me that where I can help most is by talking about things, which uh, oddly enough is what I'm doing now. <laughs> Serendipitous. I'm going to ask you one more
1: thing and then we're going to invite questions from the audience. Um, one, of your,
2: one of the things you do with your time is pay attention to new technologies. What, what, what's got you jazzed these days? Um, at, at my man uh, of my years doesn't get jazzed very much, but uh, I'm uh, starting seriously to look at the Google Android phone uh, because uh, the more I see of it, the better it looks, mm. and it'll should allow me to easily like synchronize my calendar on uh, on a server, mm-hmm. which is uh, means in theory that I'll never lose it, and I don't have to worry about backing it up, which is very nice. Um, well, tell me that y- you don't actually print out your calendar. I uh, never uh, pretty much never print out a uh, calendar. Th-
1: this means that he truly is a nerd and he's not decrepit at all. If if you have your calendar online and you never print it out, you're completely with it. Right?
2: Well, let's just say that uh, I'll argue with you in terms of decrepitude uh, relatively speaking. Although I will concede uh, your earlier point. Thank you. But <laughs> but uh, there are a number of small technologies that I'm personally interested in. Um, again, I'm excited about the use of smarter and smarter phones because through most of the world, connection to the net and participation in a lot of this stuff will be via phones, not uh, personal computers of some sort. And uh, so those, some of the things that excite me, I guess, are mostly the things that, uh, that I might wind up using uh, personally. I do like the way TV, traditional TV on bro- via broadcast is converging with the Internet, You know, I see that happening more and more. For example, I now do a lot of uh, Netflix streaming Mm -hmm. on my TV through a TiVo. And I watch very little live TV right now. Uh, Don't tell anyone, but I rarely see commercials now. Um, Although I do respect a great deal the way Google does uh, ads, you know, pretty unobtrusive Mm -hmm. and non-stupid. So I do like that. so the technologies, again, that I like are the ones that uh, I uh, use. For example, I actually have a couple of uh, Internet radios. These are ones that allow me to do streaming. For example, in my room at the hotel right now, I'm streaming KQED mm-hmm. back in, from San Francisco because that's my home uh, radio station. East Coast, it's usually uh, WNYC. Are you using a dedicated device for that or just doing it through your laptop? Oh, uh, In the room, it's the laptop, but frankly at home, uh, it's through internet radios, you know, which have uh, good speakers in them.
3: Hmm.
1: All right, so raise your hand. We'll have someone with a microphone come by and uh, either tell us your name or tell us the last thing you bought or sold on Craigslist.
2: (laughs) I will, Matt. I also listen sometimes here to KCRW and KPCC. Um, I did a uh, podcast for KCRW music, mostly focusing on my rabbi, a guy named Leonard Cohen. By the way, seriously, if you look in the new issue of Time, I nominate him for the Time 100 uh, Most Influential People in the World. All
1: On right. tour now. Good. Yep. Q&A. Questions? Uh, Todd Kerner, I've heard that um, Google knows before the Center for Disease Control if there's a flu outbreak coming. So I'm curious if you've discovered any predictive nature to Craigslist about
2: trends that may be coming. Great um, question. Yeah. The Google thing simply is that if suddenly someone in a city started asking about flu symptoms, something's happening, and, of course, it may be really bad. Uh, on Craigslist, I have a feeling one could do that with our data, but we've never gotten around to it. I mean, I really love the idea, but we don't have the... Uh, the tech staff time for that kind of thing, and there's uh, personal, rather uh, privacy considerations, which we'd have to think about before we turned over the data. So so far we haven't done it, but again I like the name, the idea. It actually comes from science fiction, because uh, what happens if uh, city, you know, uh, TV cameras across a city were made available to everyone, if something was happening? a citizen might see something that a cop might not. Or if there are biological sensors in our subways, a uh, bunch of kids in a schoolroom project might notice an anomaly before uh, the Center for Disease Control did. Now, is there a way to look sort of in real time at the latest things being posted? on a particular Craigslist? Uh, The closest might be our RSS feeds. Mm, Something might be doable with that. I've never thought about it. Uh Interesting question, though. I'm Robert Schmidt. I'm just wondering,
1: Craig, why are our broadband speeds so archaic here when Japan and South Korea have 45 megs, and we're lucky to get four, five, and six megs? Gosh darn it, Craig, get my broadband uh, speed up.
2: I don't really uh, have an answer, but having worked with large corporations in general, And the telecoms specifically, uh, oh, uh, the word that comes to (laughs) mind is dysfunction. I will uh, say that I work with the line workers, and they want to do a much better job. And this is true uh, for any big organization. The line workers at pretty much any big company or government or whatever want to do a better job, but uh, some of the people up top uh, often don't know how to make it happen. South Korea and Japan that we aren't. That's what I don't understand. Why, why
1: are they able to do it and well, we're not?
2: they may have more of a sense of mission in the sense of doing a good job for the consumer rather than returning money to your stockholders.
1: They also have the advantage of having highly dense population okay. centers where instead of having to run fiber a couple of miles, they can run fiber 700 feet and get that to, you know, big buildings. And, and so that's certainly true in Tokyo and uh, other big cities there and yeah. in Korea. Yeah. Hi, Craig. My
4: name's Timothy Kreck. Um, two questions, uh, but first uh, I just want to call you on whether or not you're a visionary because uh, self-policing and flagging are, uh, I would say, pretty visionary. And, um, and I appreciate that most of what you've said tonight is, has a political uh... Tinge to it i appreciate that a lot uh, the first question is um, what are your strengths if they're not vision
2: uh, <laughs> one at a time Okay. Um, on the visionary thing i have no vision uh... for the most part what craigslist is about is uh... acting on some basic values like the notion that uh... Um, like the notion that you want to treat people like you want to be treated easy to say hard to follow through on mm. but somehow we succeed On the politics stuff, it's uh, not so much politics, but uh, meta-politics, because I don't care much about most political issues, but I care about the process, and I care about extending the vision of the founders for representative democracy into large-scale network grassroots democracy. Did that answer the first question, or...? uh, Yeah,
4: thank you very much. Having worked in politics a lot... If we don't participate, uh, we don't have a participatory democracy. So I appreciate what you've done. The, the other question is that I flew down here. I live in Big Sur, and I flew down here once from Monterey, sitting next to the chair of the Department of Information Technology at the, Monterey, at the, uh, the Naval Postgraduate School. And at the time, I had read an article in Wired magazine or somewhere that had talked about, instead of computers using base 2 or base 10 or base 100, using base DNA and um, I wonder if you you know anything about that and and how that ties into the whole NSA wiretapping and what you talked about the (laughs) phone companies
2: and so on. Um, If it's going to have anything to do, first, if it's going to have anything to do with uh, NSA or any of that stuff, it's far in the future. Quantum computing is closer. The DNA computing stuff is that uh, DNA is actually a pretty smart information system and it actually has been used for some very elementary computing maybe with uh, much bigger implications, but right now it's just some interesting lab experiments. A little ahead of that is something called quantum computing, which has to do uh, with possible uh, breaking of uh, encrypted systems. Encryption is basically scrambling data, like hopefully when you're doing a bank transaction, that should be scrambled between you and the bank, and that has some uh, provocative... uh, Possibilities in terms of uh, breaking our banking systems. But again, that's a future. Though so the quantum f- uh, future may be uh, closer than we think if some breakthroughs are made. Which they're probably doing right
1: now in Estonia.
2: <laughs> Hi, my name's Cherry Davis, and I have two questions. One, what do you think about Illinois trying to stop the personal ads people placing for... Um, Different acts, and then uh, the other one is, what do you think about the new Star Trek movie coming out? let us i speaking in general. Um, what we've done to prevent uh, some kinds of uh, bad acts done in our uh, site, what we did is we went to uh, oh, pretty much all the uh, state's attorney generals. We went to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and a lot of cops and DAs, and got their advice for how to combat a lot of this bad stuff. And they gave us some pretty good advice, because, you know, we're not law enforcement, and we've recently managed to cond- cut it down by about 80 or 90%. There's more to go, because, you know, there's that 10 or 20% more, but we've had some remarkable success. It's documented in more detail on blog.craigslist.org. There are, across the country, some uh, career political types who... Uh, even if we've talked with them, have forgotten that, and uh, we're kind of mystified by that, but you know, we'll just keep plugging away. We do need a little more help, and frankly, we're getting it, even if I can't talk about it right now. One thing that the cops tell me, and I've worked with a lot of them, um, is to keep my mouth shut so as to not interfere with investigations, because that can really uh, screw up a prosecution.
1: Gentlemen, we have a question to oh, your right. But, but, but oh, the Star sorry. Trek
2: movie. Oh, that's right. Oh, I've okay. seen bits of it. Um, I, uh, I am hopeful. And I may actually, uh, I may actually see it at a sense of nostalgia. I mean, I actually remember the first Star Trek coming on when I was about 11. It contributed to uh, some of my own uh, social retardation. <laughs> and uh, further dysfunction. Did you, did you have one of the shirts? I never went that far. I think they started to come out with Star Trek crap uh, well when I, when I was into my adulthood, when I realized I had some issues I needed to deal with. Um, but again, as you've seen, if it would uh, help get attention for the right cause or something, uh, again, dignity is optional.
3: Hi, my name is Jay Ellis. I'm an entrepreneur, a filmmaker here in Los Angeles. I've used cr- uh, Craigslist on several occasions. And I have a question about how to remedy a problem with the self-policing. To uh, use shorthand, if you saw the movie uh, Fatal Attraction, you might know what the term bunny boiler means. Uh, I, ran, I put ads in Craig, and they were kind of successful for a while. I got somebody to help me with crew or website development. One of them was really psycho. I reported them to Craigslist and just... Uh, prevent us from enduring the whole uh, story, Uh, I contacted Craigslist, went through a process where they helped to extricate me from this person. Ironically, every time I tried to put uh, a posting for a gig or a website developer or whatever on Craigslist, I was flagged immediately, and I've never okay. been able to remedy that. And I was mm. wondering if I could uh, get some help from you on dealing with that okay. in your customer
2: um, service. Well, actually, that's something I do uh, at least a half dozen times every day. Email me the specifics. My email address, as odd as it sounds, is craig@craigslist.org. Um, what I mostly How need. How did you get that? Well, what I mostly need is uh, the posting ID for the most recently removed ad. It may have been removed legitimately or maybe not. But uh, I mean, I do that a number of times a day. Sometimes we don't have an explanation. But uh, yeah, I know that, th- I hear that the, uh, the site is used for the industry here. Most recently, I heard something about the Craigslist dancers introduced by someone named you Jackman.
0: Hi, my name is Bruce McHenry. I'm a landlord uh, back east and, and a renter here. And I, first of all, really want to thank Craig for making it an invaluable service. The fact that everybody goes to that one site and almost everything is consolidated there just makes life so much easier for us. So first, I'd, I'd like to have a show of hands. Who's found housing or used use Craigslist for housing? So it's, it's about 30%. Um, uh, my question is this. Um, would you consider adding some features to Craigslist to make it a little easier to uh, find ads that are pertinent, some fields to sort things like uh, by age for example? Um, email me the specific
2: suggestions, we'll put them in the mix. A problem that we're having in a way is uh, too many good suggestions and limited staffing. We actually we are hiring in San Francisco, particularly uh, like open source programmers. As for your introductory comment, I just realized I didn't take the chance to make it clear. I don't feel there's anything altruistic or noble about what we're doing. We're just following through with some basics that pretty much everyone lives by. You know, again, the notion that you should treat people like you want to be treated. And not altruistic, not noble. I've been saying that for some years, but uh,
1: but you get accused of uh, that because you don't take ads.
2: Uh, and again, the deal is that uh, we, we are a business and a community service. Our business model, more or less, is doing uh, well as a business by doing some good for people. Uh, It's hard for some folks to get their head around that. No blame there. But uh, we're just trying to follow through with some fairly uh, universal shared values that also includes the idea of live and let live and give the other person a break. And this is working for us. Gentlemen, a question at the top to your, to your right.
5: Hi, Craig. My name is Joey Garner. I met with you in San Francisco. And I uh, recently uh, just got done with a project where I gave up all my stuff for a month and uh, lived on Craigslist. And uh, my question to you uh, is. Including
1: your food? Uh, just, just to be perfectly here, you, 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 you got all your meals through Craigslist too?
5: Yeah. I, uh, I subleased my apartment, gave up my car, my job, I left my uh my house with no money, no credit cards, uh just myself and and wanted to see if I could survive um through the community of Craigslist and the and, and have for you one sold month. that
1: screenplay yet?
5: <laughs> um we actually uh we had a documentary uh, filmmaker uh, uh come with me and uh we shot for the entire month. Um entirely through Craigslist and it you know it was just an incredible experience um that I got to go through and um you know just seeing all the different people and how all the people's lives were affected by Craigslist. Um, my question to you is, how, how would you define community? And how do you feel websites such as Craigslist affects the future of communities? Um,
2: I gave up trying to define community uh, some years ago because there's just too many definitions. Uh, from my point of view is, uh, oh, if people feel connected to each other, then it's community. Mm. Uh, As for how we're affecting the future of community, we're just reinforcing the idea that people can be connected with each other in larger numbers through this electronic means. Electronic connection is not a substitute, is not as good as face-to-face, but it does work, it is real. And the idea is that you can scale up uh, using electronic means you know, into far greater numbers to get far more done. You know, for example, you could uh, elect the president that way.
1: And yet, it, the, the the thing about the internet it was you're supposed to be able to create communities by drawing people from all over the world. They'd be virtual communities. Craigslist isn't about that. It's about local
2: communities. Uh, Craigslist the focus is uh, local. Remember, there's that old cliche about uh, think globally, act locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's uh, what we do. There are people who do a good job of things uh, globally. Um, There are a lot of things that work but uh, you know we just uh, found something that works and helps out and uh, we don't want to screw it up.
5: Mm. Hi Linda Weinman. Um, I'm struck because a, a lot of entrepreneurs who were involved in the internet in the early days like yourself who have sites that are as popular and highly trafficked and have as much potential for monetization um, as Craigslist have either gone public or taken on investors um, or have had some kind of really major exit strategy. And it doesn't seem like you have that, and I would be curious to hear your views about um, that topic. Uh,
2: Well, uh, Linda, first, thank you for reminding us how many years we've been in the business and uh, (laughs) of our decrepitude, but uh, the deal is that we just decided as individuals, as a company, that, uh, you know, it doesn't serve the community for us to go public or to make a lot of money. It doesn't serve us to do so as individuals. Um, not, again, not altruistic, not nor, no not pious or anything. We're doing okay. You know, we can indulge in some luxuries and stuff. But, uh, you know, I on a gut level, I don't see the point of having lots of money. Um, I do indulge in some luxuries. I have a really good shower. <laughs> Um and uh I can take a cab when i want to um i don't uh I'm tempted by the idea of having a car service whenever I want to, but uh I'm not uh quite used to it, largely because they use cars which are too fancy uh but again uh and we're not making judgments on anyone else. We just made some decisions, and uh that uh feels right, like anyone you know you want to provide for your future but you know, once you do that, it's more fun to, uh, to change things, to make a difference, and I sometimes call that nerd values, and that works.
1: I yeah. have a question over here to your left. This so, will be the so final. If you, decide, if you decide to get that car service from somebody else, m- make sure you pay the
2: taxes on that. <laughs> oh, there is that issue? Yeah. This will be the final question of the night. We do want to invite you to join us at our reception. Uh, when you go out the theater, I believe it's um, to your right and then to your left, all the way in the bar area. Um, our guests will be joining us, uh, so if you have further questions, you can speak with them then. Thank you so much.
3: Hi, Mark Hunter. Um, there was a show of hands earlier about housing and uh, my girlfriend over here refuses to get up with me. Uh, I have met her through Craigslist. I'm curious how many people got, show of hands, got into a relationship in Craigslist. Not as many as housing. A relationship that
1: <laughs> lasted more than a few hours. Let's let's say that.
3: Well, my question is this. I'm curious about how you, Craig, how you personally still use the service. Uh, you don't really need to go to the free section anymore, but do you use it in any way?
2: Um, most recently, I've used the uh, our service along with the girlfriend to uh, get rid of uh, our bed. Um, the deal is that I uh, enjoyed the amusing spectacle of someone fitting a bed into a car. Mm. Uh, not I mean, a passenger vehicle, which is pretty impressive. Mm. Um, I've sold my last car that way about seven years ago. I've, I think I've bought and sold a little bit in the way of small electronics, that kind of stuff. I sometimes hesitate to use the site that way because while it's not a conflict of interest, it kind of feels that way.
1: Mm. You know, it's funny. I sold a bed through Craigslist, too, and I had the same experience of watching somebody try and make it fit into their... How many people here have sold a bed and got to watch somebody load? Okay. All right. Thank you all very much for coming. Thank you, Craig. This was great.